0: You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, hosted by Blake Murphy Seven and Johnny Touchdown. All about your Arizona Cardinals. Well, and welcome in this is the revenge of the birds podcast your complete card coverage and we're coming on with a quick uh, short emergency podcast you've got cardinals left tackle dj humphreys mike garofalo at nfl network at it first then re-signed by the team to a three year deal total worth of up to 45 million dollars with only 29 million dollars guaranteed out of that deal and of that 30 million dollars throughout the first two years so over a lot of the comments, I know that people have said, at least for the most part, is looking at maybe fair market value, looking at this. John, you had a great option at least This is uh, my co-host, the Venerable John Venerable, joining here. Uh, here to break it down and discuss this real quick. John, you said that you think that this is a great deal for Steve Kime. What, what were your thoughts behind that?
1: Well, first of all, you have to understand, this is the first, first round pick that Kime has extended in his tenure. Humphreys was... The, I believe the 26th overall pick in 2015 and had a really up and down career with the Cardinals. But be able to have played a 16 game season last year and to be a hot commodity. I mean, he would have been paid handsomely had he hit the market more so than what the Cardinals gave him. Um, Receive kind of essentially say, okay, we want to do better than the franchise tag, but we don't want to go you know, five, 60, 70, 80 million. Let's do three years. Let's front load it, and let's be able to walk after two if something were to happen. It's only 26 years old, but this allows the Cardinals to do a couple different things. They could still draft a tackle. They could find one maybe in the early mid-rounds and develop this individual to to play left tackle in a couple years, or they could just say, wow, we really like the progression and growth we've seen from Humphreys in an offense that probably suits him better uh, in comparison to Arians, Cliff Kingsbury's offense." his uh, way he utilized tackles and you're not looking at, you know, seven step drops, the quick intermediate passing game uh, out of the shotgun. I think, I think that's helped DJ. Um, and he was probably also motivated by money. He knew that this was a big year in his fifth year option, but you know, back to time, I, I just, I commend him for getting this done well above, you know, when free agency were to hit this were really the old Cardinals, they would have drawn this out. They hadn't tagged him. Maybe he's allowed to test the market, get big dollars elsewhere. But there was no doubt he was gonna get a big payday from somebody and I can understand certain fans' trepidation or concern with this deal um on the surface. But listen, you're not paying your quarterback anything, and this is the time to extend key pieces and, and what's more key Blake than, than franchise left tackle for the short term. There was there was no scenario in which he wasn't gonna be back next year. It was only a matter of how long and you know, two years, I'll I'll take that every day as opposed to either five years or one year.
0: Yeah, I think like what you talked about, at least, and this is what I agree with, John, is we originally, when we were setting up the projections, we're looking at a four-year deal for $45 million guarantee. Essentially, you're giving Humphreys three years of guaranteed money. By taking a year off, it kind of does two things. One, like you said, essentially, it's a two-year deal for Humphreys at market value. Right now, he's worth probably about that $15 million a year that he's receiving from the Cardinals. Uh, Another team probably would have given him an extra year, I can think at least. Um, The advantage that the Cardinals get is if things go awry in the first two years, you're able to get out of it. But because there's $30 million being pushed into that first two years, he's only guaranteed 29 million. You know, that third year is going to be a year where if the Cardinals have to cut him, they could cut him without any guaranteed money on the books. If they want to keep him, they'll have that third year option um, to be able to keep playing him at least through that year. Now, The question then is, what does Humphreys essentially gain from taking maybe a year less in value? There's two things. The first is he can enter that third year essentially wanting to renegotiate his contract, say, hey, my deal is going to be up at the end of this year. Let's extend it if it's going great. He can then push some more of that guaranteed money upwards into it, where he can then essentially make a bigger payday with the guarantees. Think of it kind of like almost a two-year version of Larry Fitzgerald continually taking these one-year deals where he keeps getting that guaranteed money. He also will hit the market again before he hits 30. That's really big for DJ Humphries because if he goes out there and is able to overcome a lot of the injury stigma, let's say that he misses two games in the next two years, plays well, he could turn that into another big deal at the end of age 29 where he's not even 30 yet. And there will be teams willing to pay it. It means that it might be a spot where if he ends up playing well, the Cardinals with how the cap goes might not even be able to keep him in those two years afterwards for that one, or I should say after the third year. So essentially in a lot of cases, it is like the Cardinals got, you could call it a little bit of a hometown discount. And uh, I would kind of stand with you, John, I commend time because the only downside that you can probably see from this deal is if Humphreys ends up getting hurt and things fall off the wagon in year one. If that's the case, then you're gonna be talking about having a whole extra second year that's attached to it. What they really did essentially is they kind of took two franchise tags and applied to DJ Humphreys did that up front. And in that case you now have left tackle wrapped up for at least the next two years, possibly even the next three. And as a result, John, I think that there's a lot of Cardinals fans were you and me expected we were expecting it to be at least a four year deal. And the fact that they got it under that It kind of gives the Cardinals a way out, which kind of hedges their bet while still not having to, I guess you could say overpay for Humphreys. In that regard, I do at least give Steve time his props because we've seen a problem, like we've also said, not just with not locking up players, but also with overpaying guys in the past as well, especially on the offensive line. Yeah, what I can tell you is they
1: were negotiating throughout the duration of the season. um, And I think during the bye, later this year, right around week 12-ish, um, they had progressed a fair amount. And then you started to hear rumblings that the franchise tag could be in play, which led me to believe that maybe those conversations had hit a wall. Michael Bidwell had been on local radio and said, you know, franchise tag's always available, and time backed that up a couple days later. And now look at this. Only, I think, three days since time has spoken, they got a deal done which was probably a little bit of, you know, nudging Humphrey's camp in the direction of you guys can either take this deal or, and we know how, you know, how shrewd of a businessman Kime can be with his contracts. Generally does he like to go back and forth? They were probably like, you can take this or we can franchise you. If they're your ACL then you know, you're probably out of multiple years of, of guaranteed money. Certainly that second year they'd be out of. Right. So
0: um,
1: I like this, that it's Humphrey's, betting on himself that he's going to continue to ascend, which I hope that he does, and the Cardinals will pay him again. That's the great thing about the NFL is that you're in control, the right, the fans. If your players play well for you, for the most part, outside of certain situations, you can reward them and everybody gets to, to stay together. This is how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to take players high in the draft and give them big, handsome, rewarding contracts when they play well. We just haven't seen enough of that. I've had multiple people in my mentions this evening saying, hopefully this is the start of many, many more first round extensions. And, you know, I, I hope that that's also the same, although it could be the next one we could see Blake is probably going to be Kyler Murray in a couple of years. I don't see Hassan um getting an extension and Josh Rose no longer with the team. So neither is, the, neither, neither is Robert Neither is Robert Kandichie. Kandichie. Yeah. Neither is Daniel Cannon. Neither is Jonathan Cooper. So you see where I'm going with this. So. I, you know, I, I buy the idea that kind probably had some internal pressure to extend him, but to his credit to Humphrey's credit, I had very low, um, expectations for him this year. I was really disappointed that team didn't bring in external competition for him at left tackle to his credit. He played all 16 games. I think he only missed a snap or two here or there. He hardly missed any practice time. So, you know, here's my challenge. To you now, DJ, you got your contract extension. You're going to make legitimate you know life-changing money keep it going now because the team your franchise quarterback is counting on you as is the bird game cardinal nation so you know he's been rewarded now that play needs to continue but in the short term the cardinals are set at left tackle
0: right uh in the short term it does at least kind of clear up a little bit of what we're looking at because if dj humphreys had entered on the franchise back he had a, a great point about how if Humphreys gets hurt on the franchise tag, then you can kind of say goodbye to that second year guaranteed money, um, which is why I think the Cardinals, maybe not as a threat, but we're looking at leveraging to try to find the right deal. It is something that a lot of franchises can't use, at least to keep players around. And mostly, I think that with a guy like DJ, it's the past injury history that was the reason. We saw this also similarly, I believe, negotiated with Tyron Matthew with his contract with the Cardinals coming off of that 2015 season you saw that the Cardinals had essentially a two-year extension that they gave him with the guaranteed money, and they were able to get out of after that second year of that deal, um, try to restructure Matthew. They ended up being able to cut him. Took a little bit of a hit on the books, but not too bad. This is uh, essentially, like you said, John, the Cardinals took Humphreys in and said, hey, instead of getting a one-year deal at market value of $16 here's a two-year essential deal for about $30 million. And the plus side of being He's going to be only 29, like we said, when it hits again. So uh, let's talk a bit about the pros and cons. We wrap up this with DJ uh, biggest thing I think overall with Humphreys, at least as far as the con is a lot of fans, I think have never really gotten over the knee deep has been part of it. It's something that has jogged and followed him around for a number of years. The injuries have been another concern, I think, to a lot of fans and then overall his play, the Pro Football Focus, I believe, had him somewhere hovering around the 26th-ranked tackle week in and week out. Um, When you're talking about it, it's not like it's top-level blue-chip or elite-level left tackle play, but you're also not essentially paying him like he's a blue-chip or one of those elite-left tackles. Um, John, what are some of your thoughts, at least, about the concerns that some fans may have with Humphreys? And is this also something that you think would take Arizona out of potentially looking at other O-line help? Yeah, I think the only
1: downside is we mentioned that he gets hurt this year and he's rehabbing, comes in the next year and just collects a paycheck. Um, but, I mean, for for, for most instances, that's, that's the scenario for any player that has multiple years left on his deal. That's the only downside I see. I mean, he could certainly regress this year. I don't see that happening. Um, I, I just think Kingsbury is a better fit for him and what he needs is a player's coach, and I think this offense is a better fit for him. So as long as he keeps his... Um, stamina, his, it, it, as long as he's in quality shape like he was this year, and he got better as the season went on, I thought, especially late in the, if you put that San Francisco 49er game on late in San Francisco, I thought he had a really nice game. Um, they'll be fine. And they don't need him to be the best tackle in the NFL. They need him, and I use this comparison throughout the duration of the postseason, can he turn into Eric Fisher? Eric Fisher was the first overall pick to Kansas City. He was thought of a little bit as a disappointment, rallied, Got his career turnaround. Got a nice contract. Is having a resurgence with Mahomes. Can DJ Humphries do that? I, I think he can it, it, certainly. If the Cardinals just get what they got this year and that stability, they'll be fine. Kyler Murray is too accurate, too mobile for you know DJ Humphries alone to, to you know torpedo this offense. Um, as far as looking ahead to the NFL draft and whether or not I think this could prohibit them from taking one eighth overall. I, I listen. I, I put this on my Twitter about four or five days ago they have some interest in jack conklin the right tackle, soon to be free agent of the tennessee titans who was a first first round pick like humphreys like humphreys back and forth a little bit of a disappointment didn't have his figure option picked up but going to be demanding a high price tag and free agency had a fantastic postseason run at right tackle for the titans times interested to, to what degree i don't know but they've done their due diligence and this contract the humphreys extension does not prohibit them from from Going after him, had they signed him, Blake, like you mentioned, it four years, sixty million. I would say you know, that ship has sailed. I, I would still th- think that's very much on the table. They're going to have those discussions internally. Mm-hmm. In the first round, I don't know what what tackle you think could come in and play right away at right tackle. Who's best suited for that? I would think if you believe Tristan Wirfs can be a franchise caliber right tackle, one of the best in his position, which I do think, um, and you feel comfortable taking him, then take him at eight. And now you have your you have your set of tackles that are both, one of them's in the prime of his career, the other one's going to be in the prime of his career, and a, a high-level player. I think Worfs is a, a better prospect than Humphrey, Humphreys was. You're set. But, you know, you could always take a tackle in round two. Round three is a developmental player behind Justin Murray. This is a, a strong class at tackle. We know this, and receiver So this just opens up everything. Had you allowed this Humphrey situation to linger or you allow him to reach free agency. I mean, you're in DEFCON one, especially with Murray's durability and, you know, health, the the biggest need on these. So got to have your two tackles situation figured out. And I think now they've got plenty of different ways they can go, including seeing what Justin Murray can do in year two.
0: Yeah, I think you're right with Murray gives them enough flexibility that you can look at whether it's, Paying uh, free agent dollars, bringing someone in, trying to bring in something similar to what they did with Marcus Gilbert last year, kind of bring in a veteran, pay them a bit more, um, someone who maybe isn't as much on the market. Or if it is going to be looking at the draft, I, I still don't believe that they're going to go into the draft with the idea, the mindset of, hey, we have to get a starter at right tackle. And that's some of the flexibility that Justin Murray can afford you, kind of similar to how last year with the Cardinals, they... Going with aq shipley rehabbing and coming off of a torn acl because they've just seen what third round pick mason cole had done the year before so i do think that it may tip the scales a little bit toward hey like they've got their tackle locked up not just on the franchise tag but for at least the next two to three years if you're going to be talking about looking at a left tackle or someone to replace humphries in a year You probably would be looking at that if Tom Fries is on the franchise tag, that'd be probably a lot more of a link for what they wanted. Um, But as you mentioned, John, it does not rule out the fact that they're over there uh, looking at right tackle, whether it's in free agency or even with pick number eight, whether it's to sit or develop or to start. Uh, It would be nice to be able to see the team actually continue to invest on the offensive line. I also wonder if this is kind of a little clue as far as the Cardinals, though, I mean, It does seem like now that Humphreys is locked up on more than just a franchise tag, you're probably going to be looking at guys who are more either right tackle or looking at a totally different position, such as a receiver or defense would seem to make a lot of sense now. Um, Just because you don't really have two tackle holes to fill, you've got essentially now just a right tackle to look at. And even at that, Murray wasn't you know uh, a great player last year, but it wasn't that he was bad or at least above replaceable as a developmental guy with a coach like Sean Coogler, uh, you got to think that it's going to be very interesting to see what the Cardinals do when they hit free agency because, uh, lo and behold, if they do end up signing a tackle to some big money overall, at least on more than just like a one- or two-year even deal, then you just have to start wondering, okay, have the Cardinals got their tackles locked up? That means they're probably going to be going in a different direction. That'll be something that would be
1: very interesting to follow. Yeah, and I think they feel good about who they have and they have talked about running it back next year with the same starting five. And I think that that has to be on the table. Uh, I know that they've had conversations with Aq Shipley to bring him back at center. Um, I don't love that idea, but for when you're one off uh, and you get somebody else in the pipeline, it, it's not the worst idea. And you mentioned it. I mean, Murray was competent at times last year. and I'm always willing to guys on, on younger players, um, so they feel comfortable with him as long as they have a contingency plan in place. Remember, they didn't even have really a swing tackle on the roster last year, so I, I think they'll be much more prepared while they'll look for maybe long-term upgrades via the draft, um, specifically for the interior. But, I mean, it's hard not to like where they've come from you know, 2018 and the debacle at both tackle
0: positions to where they're at now. Yep, absolutely,
1: hey, Blake, John. Yeah,
0: muted. absolutely. I just noticed I was muted. I was looking up kind of a little of Statsy. Cardinals, at least for the most part, as far as their cap space is concerned. Um, just kind of to wrap up before we uh head out for today. Cardinals entered at least the offseason having some of the highest amount of cash. They'll be back behind a few other teams, it looks like, at least for this year. Uh at least until the Dallas Cowboys figure out what they're gonna do with their quarterback and wide receiver position. Uh right now the Cardinals at least are looking at about probably somewhere around at least about at least in stars total cap space is concerned uh we're about 54 million now it's probably about 52 million is what it said that, that was ultimately before humphries was updated with his new contract because he you know had not been under contract at all so now you're talking about the team looking at some 30 i want to say at least for that one it's a, it's a about 15 million dollars here so you're talking about Not only having to figure out a Buddha Baker extension potentially, but you're about $37 million that's left. Probably going to be big enough, John, it looks like for the Cardinals now that Humphreys has been brought back. They're probably going to have enough room for about one or two big-name free agents. And then outside of having to do a Chandler Jones extension, it's really going to come down to how much can the Cardinals have to either pay Kenyon Drake or restructure or (laughs) a guy like Chandler Jones, should they choose to do that, Um, if there's going to be any Patrick Peterson extension. Or kind of the last thing overall, if, how much they're going to end up getting Kenyon Drake. For. There's a lot still to be figured out. But as we've said, when you're entering into an offseason like this with cap space and your goal is to keep a lot of the players that are here, it's going to go fast. And as we've seen, John, a lot of the Cardinals moves have already been bringing back guys that were there last year, such as Larry Fitzgerald and DJ Humphrey. As we head out for today with our emergency pod, what are your thoughts on how you think the Cardinals should allocate some of the remaining caps?
1: Yeah, I you know, we look at tensions for existing players that have proven, proven themselves, like Buda Baker. I, I think that that's got to be on deck, whether they defer a lot of that money to 2021. Um, and remember, they'll have guys coming off the book in, in two years. So it's not just this offseason, but they'll shed even more. You know, I'm looking at maybe if you part ways with Espan Reddick, you've got some dead money, I think, left over from Darius Philon, and potentially still Josh Rosen. So even without manipulating future extensions from guys like under contract, you'll be able to, to shed some dead weight. Um, but as far as free agency goes, you mentioned it, you've got one or two big name contracts that you can dish out. And that's the reason why I think people need to pump their anticipation for like a Robbie Anderson, somebody like that. They gave their big time range of money to to Larry. That's where it went to. Um, you need to now look at, okay, do they think they can upgrade right tackle? That's fine. What about defensive line? Maybe they feel like there's an, an elite in, inside linebacker they can address. But I would almost rather them just get one premier free agent and then allocate the rest to mid level starters with a chance to pop. So I don't think they're going to go necessarily big game hunting, but I wouldn't be surprised that for safe agency if we see one premier player. Know, have it be linked to, to Arizona as an extension. But um, again, money's going to free up not only this off season but the next two off seasons. So this is just the start of it. They need to parlay this into another quality draft. So, I mean, that's where you find your long-term building blocks. And free agency, you get maybe one or two impact players and then the rest are just kind of band-aids. So who fits their culture? Yeah. Who fits what they like to do? And then also... You know, how does it make sense cap-wise for it? But they're in a good spot. Just stay away from the dead money. they will be in good shape.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I believe DJ Humphreys, Kent Summers tweeted out that he has made, I believe, in his career some $18 million thus far. It was about $8.9 million over four seasons and then with the fifth year cap for this one. So then it goes from $18 million over essentially his first five years. Now he's getting about $15 million a season over the next three. So that just shows you Just how important, like you said, John, finding those players who are playing on those cheap deals in the draft is building a team, especially when you're not having to worry about paying your franchise quarterback, you know, potentially upwards of $30 million a year right now. And over the next few years, and depending on the next CBA, some potentially even higher than that at $40 million. So uh, that'll about wrap it up for us. We'll have a lot more coming up for you later this week. Um, We'll be bringing on... Uh, Walter Mitchell, the longtime uh, Revenge of the Birds writer. He'll be on as we dive into free agency, looking at moves the Cardinals should take, that they could make, and moves that they should stay away from as well. It uh, should be up for you guys at least for the end of the week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, John, where can the listeners find you and your content and all of the DJ Humphreys takes?
1: Yeah, we're at RevengeoftheBirds.com through the ROTV podcast and at Johnny Touchdown on Twitter. Blake, where can they find
0: uh, your content? Uh, they can find it at Revenge of the Birds and also at Blake Murphy 7 on Twitter as well. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone, for this emergency pod. Uh, we're hopefully going to have this up at least the first that we can at First Light, which will be before most of the other stations or other podcasts have had a chance to be able to go over it. Love to be able to bring that content to you guys. See you guys later this week, and take care and go Cardinals.